This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Welcome back. Today is Thursday. And our share on Thursday is a share in Sefer Mishlei. We're given by Rav Shlomo Dov Rosen. Welcome back to our Shiurim on Mishlei. This is the fifth Shiur, and in this Shiur we should study both the fifth and the sixth poems of the book of Mishle. They take up the first half of the third chapter. This continues from the second chapter, which was our last Shi'or, the previous poem, the fourth poem of the book, in which finally spiritual wisdom enters into our hearts. Finally we answer the call of natural wisdom from the previous poem. The call of natural wisdom called out to us from nature itself to take our life seriously and to look for spirituality. And it is in the next Home, the one we read last week, where finally we answer that call with spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, studying God, fear of God, the understanding of deep spiritual concepts of God, Da'at Elohim, and we found it, and we internalized it, and it made an effect on our life, and kept us away from bad, and brought us to some spiritual gains. Now in this chapter, in the fifth poem, we internalize this deeper through the opening of asking ourselves how we don't forget wisdom. We are told not to forget the Torah. It's a question of internalization, but furthermore it's a question of studying how to trust in God and let this wisdom affect our whole lives and the way we live our lives. Let's start with the first poem, the fifth poem, the first poem of chapter 3. My son, remember my Torah. Beni Torati al tishkach yitzor My son, do not forget my teachings and guard my commands. Ki orech yamim ushnot chayim v'shalom yosifulach. For it will add to you length of days and peace. Chesed ve'emet al ya'azvucha. Koshreim al gargrotecha. Kotveim aluach libecha. Let kindness and truth never leave you. Bind them, internalize them on your heart. And you shall find favor and good sense in the eyes of God and man. Trust in God with all your heart and do not rely on your own intelligence. Know him with everything you do, and he shall straighten your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear God and keep away from evil. It shall be a healing for your whole body and marrow of your bones. Kabed et Adonai mehonecha umerishit kol tvoatecha. Honor God from all your wealth and the beginning of your produce. V'yimalu asa mecha sava. V'tirosh yekavecha yifrotsu. And your storehouses will fill with plenty. And your vineyards shall burst forth. Now, the ending perhaps is very metaphorical, but actually earlier parts also have to be understood 
in a slightly deeper way than we might have expected. For chesed ve'emet, kindness and truth, seems to open out in more than one direction, and it's left quite open whether it is a promise or a command. Let us begin analyzing from the start. Beni torati al tishkach becha. My son, do not forget my teachings and guard my commands. Now this was also pretty much the opening of the previous poem. The previous poem opened with My son, if you take what I speak, you take my words and my commands, you guard with yourself. And it's clear that in the first half of both these psukim, the beginning of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3, the son is told to take seriously what his father teaches in the first half of the verse and in the second half of the, of the verse to take seriously his commands, his mitzvot. And this, of course, is an opening for the Vilna Gaon and probably any of us to read quite naturally that this is talking both about Torah and about mitzvot, both about intellectual knowledge and action in the world. And the question is, how far through this chapter we can see this division in the two halves of the verses? What is the difference between the relationship to the mitzvah and the relationship to the Torah? The mitzvah is something you guard. Yitzor libecha. Your heart guards it. Your heart guards it because you learn to keep it, but you're not able necessarily to keep a mitzvah just at this moment, but until the time comes up. And that's what the Vilnagon points out, that that is the reason why in mitzvot we speak about guarding it, keeping it on the side. Whereas when it comes to Torah, it's a question of internalizing it, knowing it, it always makes an effect on you. It always takes care of you. Knowledge is always important. It's not something you guard off for later. It's a question of not forgetting it. So, Beni Torati al Tishkach. Do not forget my teaching. O My commands, your heart must guard, must store away for the right time. Ki yamim chayim v'shalom For they will add to you length of days and years of life and peace. Now we have here three categories. Length of days, years of life, and peace. Length of days seems the most physical, the most technical, the most obvious, the most biological. It's just a question of how many years you live. What is Shnot Chayim, years of life? Well, presumably any year that you're alive is a, a year of life. It's hard to imagine how a person can have shnot without being chayim or chayim without being shnot. However, there seems to be a play on Pesukim in Sefer Bereshit when Yaakov Avinu comes to Paro in Perak Menzayim from Pasuk Chet Vayomer Paro el Yaakov Kama yemei shnei chayecha And Paro said to Yaakov, he asked him he queried, how many were the days of the years of his life? Because he seemed to him an old man. And Yaakov answered, cleverly, turning it around. This is a complex pasuk. He says the following. The years 
of my living when I lived in an area that I sojourned somewhere the years of my sojourning were indeed 130 but they were few and they were bad the years of my life the years of my life the years in which I was really alive were both few and bad and they did not add up they did not get the number of the years that my fathers lived within the years that they sojourned and the Swano explains here that and are of course very different things in other words, the Svarna says, the years in which one is in pain, when one is not really living in a serious way, are not called the days of years of life, but rather days in which you just exist, which may perhaps, we might explain in the Pasuk, come to Yemei but not Chayai. The years I sojourned, I existed physically, but I did not live. And so, Shnot Chayim, or years of life, presumably understood spiritually, I would point out, maybe slightly moving away from the Svar, not because in the Pasuk that we read out from, we read out from Vayigash, from Breshit, Yaakov talks about having bad days of life. So it could be that they are not pleasant, but they are meaningful. They are shnot chayim. They are years of life. And that opens off to the third part of our pasuk. V'shalom. And shalom is peace. It presumably means that those years are not just years of life in a spiritual sense, but they are actually years of peace, of pleasantness. And therefore if we read pasuk bet again of Paragimel, ki orech yamim, for length of days, u'shnot chayim, and years of life, Shalom and truth, Yosifullah, they will add to you. The Torah and the mitzvot should do three things for you. The first is add to the length of your days. The second is to give you meaning in your years of life. And the third is to give you peace. And presumably peace is the highest good. Enkli machzik bracha yoter shalom. There is no vessel that holds bracha, that holds blessing more than peace. Peace is that which isn't just pleasant, but gives spiritual meaning and success to your life. And the third person. How is this done? Chesed ve'emet al ya'azvucha koshreim al gargorotecha kotveim al libecha now, the problem with Pasuk Gimel is it is very unclear and there seems to be some kind of tension between the beginning and the end of the Pasuk as to whether Chesed Vemet, not leaving you, not departing you, is a command, they shall not depart from you, or is a promise, they will not depart from you. I would like to suggest that it should really be read as both at once. And that is partly connected to the fact that Chesed Vemet is a term that we already know from the Torah of the attributes of divine mercy, we have Rav Chesed Ve'emet. And the only difference between there and here is the addition of Rav, that with God it is 
much kindness, great, bountiful kindness, and truth. Whereas when it comes to human beings, we'd simply say chesed ve'emet, kindness and truth. And what are chesed ve'emet? And in what way do these relate to the divine attributes of mercy? Well, at this point we can ask ourselves several questions of what the difference between chesed and emet are. One distinction brought up in the commentaries here is that chesed relates to action, kindness, whereas emet relates to the intellect, in which case we have the same division as we had in the first pasuk between teaching and commands. There's always in Mishlei, certainly in the first chapters, the division between the intellect and action, and the way we study, the way the intellect affects that action. And therefore chesed is action, kindness, and emet is the truth, is the intellect. Indeed, we can continue this further and speak, like Rabbi Yonah does, about the danger of each without the other, or more directly, he relates to how a person needs to have both. Because often a person who develops only chesed might be not developed and not mature enough in their strive for truth. In their relationship with others. In the world generally. And vice versa, of course. And this relates to the second half of that pasuk. Koshreim al gal kotveim al libecha. Tie them to your neck. Write them on the board of your heart. As if, like in the olden days, they wrote on a board. Well, what does it mean to etch it to your heart? What does it mean to bind it to your neck? And earlier we saw that the necklace around the neck in the first chapter of Mishlei seems to relate to the mitzvot. And that could be also the same idea here. In which case, the first half of the second half, that is, Koshem al relates to chesed, to kindness to action in the world, and kotvei luach libecha might relate to emet, the truth, the strive for the truth, which is the intellect. Alternately, alternatively, koshrei malgagorotecha might be something to do with your source of expression, your neck, your throat, and kotvei luach libecha something much more to do with internalization into your own being, and they might relate to both chesed and emet. And we can return now to ask ourselves again, what are chesed ve emet? Now, the Vilma Golan points out here that there is a great problem with putting chesed before emet, and this problem exists already in the Torah with Rav Chesed Vemet. How can we say that God is a bountiful kindness and truth? If this is an attribute of mercy, then truth presumably means to give a person his due, either just as a human being, or because of something good he did, which he is being rewarded. But if we have already said that God does kindness, kindness presumably means beyond the letter of the law, beyond what would be expected of him, then why is it then an added attribute of mercy to speak about Hashem's emet, Hashem rewarding us for what we do? Presumably if he does beyond what we do, beyond the reward for what we do, then it is obvious that the rewards included and actually superfluous. I would like to try and answer this question of the of Vilmagon with pointing out something which I think is central also for here because here we're talking not just about divine attributes of mercy but something that the person is supposed to emulate something in his own life that chesed vermet must not leave you often we find that a person is very developed 
and mature in his chesed, but perhaps slightly underdeveloped in his sense of emet. Often this comes to expression in that a person could be very caring for people beyond the letter of the law and act in ways that no one would have expected of them, and of course this is a very important mitzvah. However, when something which was demanded of the person, which just, it was just to be an alright person to do, it was that which anyone would have expected of you because of your duty, you might actually be slightly weak on that point. And I would suggest that what could cause a human being to be weak on the emet, on the call of duty, is precise his, precisely his conception of himself as somebody who rises beyond the call of duty. He has already done so much kindness, it doesn't really matter if here and there he cuts corners. Often human kindness brings to a lack in duty, truth. Truth can be weakened because of chesed, which is a general weakness that human beings have. That because of kindness, truth can be weakened. And truth can come to, as we have been saying, one's duty to others. Or one's duty in keeping mitzvot. A person can get, for example, very excited about their spirituality, and actually because of that, miss out one or two halachot later on, which were actually their duty, and had they gotten less excited, they would never have missed. Chesed ve'emet al ya'azvucha. A person must develop both chesed ve'emet and the beauty and the power of emet, of duty, of truth, is actually only felt properly when it comes after chesed. First, a person must develop their chesed and then understand that chesed is not simply beyond the call of duty. It is something which must live together with the call of duty, which the call of duty then can come afterwards to add to. We ask Hashem in calling out to the divine attributes of mercy. We ask Hashem that not only should He be bountiful in His kindness, but that should not erase the emet, the truth of His reward for our good actions, although we have already been given so much more than what could be expected. And so also, this divine attribute of mercy, where emet comes after chesed, must be copied by us, must be emulated by human beings. Chesed ve'emet al yazvucha. Chesed ve'emet must never leave you. And then we ask ourselves, is al yazvucha, must never leave you, a command or a promise? And what I would suggest is that it is both precisely because it is actually a quote from the divine attributes of mercy. What this Pasuk is telling us is that we must emulate God's divine attributes of mercy in the ways that God comes to emet after chesed. And through acting like that, indeed, al they shall never leave you, God will act to you in chesed v'emet. It is left open, this first half of the third verse, chesed v'emet al is left open, whether it's a command or a promise, precisely because the whole point is that you are emulating what God does and because of that He does it for you. We have here a relationship where you copy God and because of that God actually does it for you. In effect, you are copying that which is going to come to you through you copying it, which is exactly something very deep about our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is Rachamim. And he will relate to us in that way because we emulate that divine attribute that he has, that he is always 
effective in the world. And now the second half of that verse, there are forms of internalization that you must internalize chesed and emet, which are divine attributes, into your personality. This is all connected to what? To Torati al tishkach. Do not forget my teachings. Perhaps this is the way you make sure that you do not forget God's teachings. How? By internalizing them. By internalizing God's attributes of mercy, that which you would like to be dealt out to you. And now Pasuk Dalit, the fourth Pasuk, is a direct continuation of this and response to it. In some versions, that actually is the end of the first poem, and this first poem is only four Pasukim. We will assume that this first poem has ten Pasukim, and then we'll carry on, but this really is the response to Pasukim. Umetzachem v'sechel tov be'enei Elohim Va'adam. And you shall find favor and seichel tov, good intelligence, good sense, in the eyes of God and man. And indeed, there are here two parts to both halves of this sentence. Chain and seichel tov. What is the difference between chain and seichel tov? Grace, favor, chain, and seichel tov, and good sense. But Rabbi Yonan, the girl points out that Chain seems to relate to chesed and seichel tov to emet. Chesed is kindness. One who acts in the world with kindness is likely to find favor in people's eyes. People will like him. He will have grace. La'anavim yiten chain. To people who are humble, God gives chain, favor. They find favor in people's eyes. Chesed is that a person acts nicely in the world, pleasantly, and therefore he finds favor in people's eyes. Emet. What will one get from human beings because of your attribute of emet, of truth, of duty, of standing by the truth, sometimes in friction with chesed? Necessarily so. You get seichel tov. It relates to the intellect. It relates to other people's understanding, intellectually, of the value of what you have done. Seichel tov. Good sense. In the eyes of both God and man, it's actually the same. Because these are divine attributes, chesed and emet, and they are also attributes that must be part of our character, as those that emulate God's divine attributes. And therefore, they will have the effect both towards God and man of chen and seichel tov. Trust to God with all your heart and do not rely on your own intelligence. This is continued with the next verse which takes this to the particulars. In all your ways you should know Him. You must know Him. What does it mean to know God? Note that that in this context not seen intellectually only is not just a question of knowledge but actually perhaps a question of relationship okay? the idea of a relationship to do with internalization and closeness and if we're talking here about internalization of what God teaches us then Every action you do, having an aspect of knowledge of God, of closeness to God, is the break-up of the previous pasuk, 
Betach el Hashem becha. Trust in God with all your heart. As Rabbi Yonah points out, that's in the general picture. On the particular, it means in all your ways you should know God. And what are these ways? These could be both just the real, natural ways of the world. Finding the meaning in everything that you do. Uh, the spiritual meaning, as Chassidut talks about raising the sparks from everything. Finding the Nekudah Pnimit Shiyash would say. It could also relate even to things which are problematic or just physical things in the world, as other Mephashim point out, and already in the Gemara. But it means trusting in God with all your heart and knowing that it does not depend on yourself. Hence, in relationship to the second half of the previous Pasuk, we have the second half of this Pasuk. And God would st- will straighten your paths. In other words, you have to go into the particulars of everything you do in your life in order to make a relationship with God in everything you do. However, it is God you must know, and this is part of your trust. It is God who will straighten your path, it is not you. Your job is to enter your life in every particular and affect a relationship with God in those particulars. But it's not that through doing that everything's sorted out. But rather that is the way that you bring and express your trust in God that he will straighten your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear God and keep away from evil. Fear God and keep away from evil seems to be a plan of action. You must fear God and because of that you will keep away from evil. If you were wise in your own eyes and did not fear God, you would just make sure you don't do evil. You wouldn't you wouldn't keep away from evil. You wouldn't run away. As Halakha often teaches us, to make boundaries away from forbidden things, to keep away, not to risk it. And that care not to risk things is connected to Yirat Hashem. Yira et Hashem mera. It shall be a healing for Sharecha. Now Sharecha seems to be the navel, Perhaps it means the umbilical cord. See, what is the umbilical cord for somebody? It is their beginning. From the beginning. Your whole body is seen as the continuation of that very small start. Vishikuila in the marrow in your bones. Now there seems to be a biological connection between the umbilical cord and the marrow in your bones. But besides that, there seems to be a relationship of the beginning of your growth biologically in the first half of the Pasuk and the marrying the bones, that which strengthens your continued strength, ability to stand up. Perhaps it's the relationship between teaching and mitzvot. Or just generally how the Torah affects both your beginning point and everything that comes from that, and the health of that, and also the strength in your bone structure afterwards, in your personality afterwards, to continue. Now the last two psukim are a continuation, but as we have seen slightly earlier, they are to a degree very metaphorical. Honor God with all your wealth, and from the beginning of all your produce. Now what is this hon, this wealth, this multitude, the many that you have? Now it should be of course understood most literally as well, however we can go slightly further than the literal understanding. Honecha could be everything God gives you. And Reshit Kol is perhaps the more assorted 
more pri- primary, most important part of your produce of what you have. And the Miri points out, as being somebody who believes in secular studies, that Han is everything you've studied, everything you've got, whereas Reshit Kaltzvotecha is maybe the more superior part, the more spiritual knowledge. From both you must honor God. And then this links us on to the last pasuk of this poem. And your storehouse will be full of plenty and your vineyards, the wine from your vineyards, shall burst forth. What does this mean? And the Meiri suggests that this is a metaphor for how your own spiritual development will help others, both when it comes to your general development of knowledge, hon, and when it comes to your spiritual knowledge, Reshit this must birth forth, forth. It bursts forth because you've already got enough for yourself. You've already got that plenty. And because of that, we can get to the last word of this poem, Yifrotsu. It bursts forth. Now, I would like to quickly run on to the next very short poem, which connects this as well. Musar Adunai Bini Altim'as. The admonishing of God, my son, do not despise and do not be fed up with his admonishing for the one that Hashem loves he shall admonish and like a father who loves his child who wants his child it's the child that he wants by different explanations happy is the one Fortunate is the one who finds wisdom, the Adam Yafiktvuna, and one who takes out understanding, is able to take it out of something. Because it is more worthwhile than wealth, silver, and gold. The Tvua, that which you get, as we saw at the end of the previous poem, the Tvua that comes from wisdom, the produce. Yekarahi Mipninim. It is more precious than rubies. And everything you have cannot add up to it. Length of days is in its right and the left, honor and wealth. Its ways are ways of pleasantness and peace. It is a tree of life for those who hold on to it. And those who support it, it makes happy. Now, if we just run through this poem very quickly, we note that the end is famous from Tehillim, and of course, a quote. However, it is strung in here to do something very specific. And let's take a look at the beginning. We have just said in the previous poem that this is brought up immediately after, in order to finish up the idea we have already said do not forget what God teaches you and now we are told do not despise it sometimes Musar as opposed to teaching when it comes to Musar a person gets fed up with it and that's the difference between Musar and Tochacha that Musar a person despises Tochacha admonishing which is more than Musar a person gets really fed up with Altakot Hashem does it because He loves you. 
because he's trying to make something from your life. He's giving you the chance. Like a father trying to help his child, Yiltzeh. And it's very unclear what Yiltzeh means. Is it, he does it because he wants the child? He does it because he wants the child to be successful? He does it because he wants that child particularly? It was the child that he wanted? And what is the relationship between the first and the second half of, these psuk, of this pasuk? Lafik means to take out. Understanding is something you take out of your own. It is the development you come to from yourself, as the Miri points out here, similar to what Rabbi Yonah did in previous chapters. It is better than gold and silver. It is more precious than rubies. means what? It means everything you do is not equal to it? Are these things that you do mitzvot, or are these things that you do the wealth that you gain in the physical world? And this is a development in the Midrash and the Gemara, because there is a contradiction between this Pasuk and the later one in Mishlei, whether it's kol chafatzim or kol chafatzecha. And this might depend partly on what you make of your life and how you go about it of what things stand in your way and what you can do with them. And what is the difference between the right where there is length of days and the left where there is honor and riches? And Chazal point out that Yamin might mean those who go the right way, those who do it lishma for its own, not for ulterior motives, but for its own meaning. They keep the Torah for the right meaning because they want it spiritually to affect them, or because they want spiritually to affect the world positively, or because they just care. Lishma. And they get Orech Yamim, which is exactly what we spoke about in the previous poem. That Torah can give you length of days, and we spoke about how that can be developed in a spiritual way through Shnot Chaim and Shalom. And what is in the left, in Smola, in the less, less developed, less mature approach, you also get something. You get Oshav Chavod, honor and wealth physical things. One way to understand what Chazal say about Lishma and not Lishma is that when a person lives not Lishma, not for, for ulterior motives, not for the real purposes, then all they get is the physical side. They get the reward from Torah, but they only get the physical side. Ad HaShamayim, up to the heavens, not Me'al Shamayim Chasecha, not beyond the heavens. Because if you do something physical, if you serve the mitzvot for your ego, for your own gain, ultimately that's a physical action. Then you will never get anything more than the physical from that action. You will just get osha and kavod. But if you do it for spiritual purposes, you get spiritual gains. Its ways are ways of pleasantness. Its ways are ways of pleasantness. It could be that the drachim are indeed intellectual. That's how the Meiri suggests. And the Nitivot, the actual paths that become peace, they're the physical. And again we have the intellectual and the physical and the action. Da'at le'nafshachayin am, we've already seen. That wisdom, knowledge, has to be pleasant for your soul. And therefore the pleasantness connects to the intellect. But the Nitivot, the ways of the Torah in the real world must be peaceful. And the last Pasuk, Indeed, might be coming back to two Pasukim ago, When one does it the real way, it is a tree of life. A tree of life that gives length of days. 
for those who hold on to it. To hold on to it means to become part of it, to be involved in it directly. What's Tomecheha? Those who support it. Supporting others, supporting society, but not necessarily letting that internalize yourself is a very great value on the level of action, on the level of the second half, the Nitivotar Shalom. And indeed it will make you happy. It will strengthen you in your life. However, it's not the real thing. Supporting others and helping others do good. Helping society through action, but not actually internalizing it and making it affect you. That simply makes happiness. Because you're supportive. But it's not the real thing. The real thing is when you hold on to the tree of life and it gives you life. Have a good week.